Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today is our usual crew. We've got Adam. What's up, guys? I'm on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. Make sure to follow me, uh, especially this weekend, while I scroll through and hop in all of the Iron Fist hater mentions. Um, trying to prove that how good the show is. So if you don't want to uh, read all that stuff, probably don't follow me. And we've got Rhiannon. Hey guys, um, you can find me on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace at Shot of Patron. And I realize our podcast drops on Sunday, so you'll have already missed all of any Iron Fist hot takes. If they remember to post it. I, I'm just doubting the Netflix remembers that there's a show coming out this weekend. Yeah, I think Adam's going to be, Sunday afternoon, he'll still be going strong, fighting the Netflix hater, or the uh, the Iron Fist haters, so. Oh, for sure, Sunday? Maybe Sunday from next year, I'll finally calm down. <laughs> Adam's going to be knee-deep in Misty Night fans trying to kill him by oh, the end of this weekend. I, I, I hope they hop in my DMs this weekend, I hope. Try me. Oh, try me, I'm telling you, try me. Because I, I have thoughts. I have bunches of thoughts, and if they come at me, I'm just saying I got some thoughts. I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers, and uh, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube, where Adam's incredible Iron Fist review already has a thousand clicks, like two days in. Who does it? Really? Yeah, I saw 1K earlier. Um, but yeah, subscribe to us to never miss anything like that. That's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Also. You can check out the second podcast in our Marvel News Desk family. That's called AP Marvel. And I really liked this week's topic. They're, uh, they're talking about powers. And I forget. There's a video game term called like uh, leveling. It's not leveling up. But the whole podcast is about how in video games they make characters more and more powerful to make them more and more interesting. And you reach a point to where it's not even fun anymore because there's no limitations. And they ask about in the MCU, is that ever a problem? And that's kind of the case with Thanos, I think. Like, Thanos has leveled up to such a power level that the villains after him are going to be necessarily less powerful than he is. So, I think that should be an interesting conversation. All right, uh, let's jump into our news. The big news this week, obviously, is Captain Marvel. Entertainment Weekly has been dropping all kinds of Captain Marvel stuff uh, this week for us. Uh, We'll try to hit a couple of things. Let's start out, first of all... Just what do you guys think about the look? We finally seen like the red, white, and bl- red, blue, and yellow Captain Marvel suit on Brie Larson. Uh, does it look the way you think it should look, and does it look good to you? The still they released looked a lot better than the magazine cover. Like the magazine cover, almost, um, and nothing to the artist who did this or whatever it was, but it almost like a fan edit of some sorts. It didn't look like a picture, really. I'm not sure. Did, the cover looked off, but the the still they released shortly thereafter looked much much better. Now was our first look at her actual costume instead of the teal and navy Cree stuff. Because I mean, like I feel like I've seen that costume before. So I, I mean, has the cover been out a while? You've seen like Boss Logic or something like that, but that is the first. Uh, okay, well then I mean, right. then they then they did a really good job of fitting exactly what I had in my mental picture because I felt like I had already seen these pictures before. I mean, of of Captain Marvel. I think it looks great. I'm 
I'm excited about, um, it looks like something that a person who is going to be jumping around and doing action would actually be in. Like, even though the MCU is not as bad as some comic properties, we've talked about, like, Black Widow high heels, or even, like, Melinda May is always, like, wearing boots that are just not very designed for running. And Marvel has not been totally innocent of, like, low scooped shirts on every woman character they have and things like that. Like this is this outfit just is not trying to sexualize her. I feel like, and in I don't want to say anyway, it's not like she's wearing a paper sack, but you know, like it's just, it looks like what someone who is fighting intergalactic wars would wear instead of something that'll, you know, make fanboys drool. And I think we expected that, but you know, never doubt Hollywood's ability to do something gross. And so I feel like this has been really, looked really good. Yeah, I feel like Serena might borrow it for her next tennis match. Yeah. It took y'all a second yeah, to get that reference. Quite as big into tennis as other sports, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Caleb's sports charts way out of whack. It's rugby, yeah, yeah. probably football, then American football. Well, there's like a big, I mean, the U.S. Open's in New York right now, and there's a big Serena, like, billboard on my commute that I see every day. But for those that don't know, it was, she was, like, banned from wearing an outfit because it was just, like, a cat suit. And, like, I mean, like, looking at this outfit now with what, you know, the sportability of it, um... It's not that different. Adam, my sports list is all based... I just like contact sports. So it's like rugby, American football, and hockey are the three that I really like. So The most brain damage, the better. <laughs> oh, truly. The more brain damage, the better. Truly, the more like padding, the less you like it. Truly, to, this to go off the rails, get me started with why helmets create injuries. The best thing... El- the best thing the NFL could do is take the helmets oh, off of Give man. me a break. Rugby players are far Come more responsible on. with their bodies because they know they'll get their bell rung if they hit a guy the wrong way. So, Next thing you're going to tell me is that the Earth is flat. <laughs> That's a different show. So, um, speaking of planets, uh, apparently Carol is going to be half Cree. Sort of, we get this idea that the, the movie's going to start on uh, Hala and is going to have her as a half human, half Cree. She's already got the DNA. She's already got the powers. We're not even going to really see her get powers because she's, like, maybe born with them, maybe? Um, this is a significant change to her origin story. Is this sound exciting to you guys to kind of start right in the middle of things? Why do you think Marvel made that decision to uh, kind of change up her origin? That is a very good question. And I, EW flat out said that it's not going to be an origin movie. I mean, even Doctor Strange was an origin movie, you know, so it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out if she just automatically has the powers because she's half Kree, but then that brings up the question if if she has it, like, biologically, is there other members that have the same powers of her family and so on and so forth. Um, but it's, it's an in- interesting tweak to her origin story, I guess. And I'm guessing it'll have, there'll, there'll be a reason for it that plays out with the plot of the movie. That, you know. I, and I'm also just wondering if they're tired. I mean, so many comic stories are radioactive 
stuff in the eyeballs, you know, radioactive spider, da da da. That if the Kree explosion, you know, her normal origin story felt like it fit in with too many other things. Like it just was a trope that they wanted to get away from. Or they could never figure out a way to make the Psyche Magnetron incident not sound like a terrible 1960s yeah. sci-fi yeah, thing. I you cannot know? <laughs> wait for the movie to debut and then there's these Psyche Magnetron stands on Twitter like revolting because they didn't include it in the movie. You know what's going to happen. They're going to slip in your DMs and just start fights. They are. Rhiannon, something you said reminded me of uh, Stan Lee always said this about X-Men. Like they said, well, how'd you come up with the idea of mutants? He's like, basically, we had bombarded everybody ever with so much radiation to make superheroes that I was just getting exhausted of coming up with stupid reasons for powers. And one day we were like, oh, it would be so much easier if they were just born with these things. And then we were like, wait a minute. What if they were just born with these things? And the X-Men was like partially birthed out of fatigue <laughs> of having to come up with reasons for superheroes. So, what's that, Isn't that kind of like the... Uh... The Jedi thing. What is it? Midi-chlorians or whatever, Yes, right? that's true. If we want to uh, make the Star Wars fans angry as well. <laughs> and Adam's like, I'm done with Shadowhunter fans. I want to take off the real, the really excitable bunch now. <laughs> oh, They'll make life exciting. Uh, so one of the other weird things about this news is they've been talking about Jude Law and what his character is like, but they will not name who it is. I think most of us were just assuming it was going to be Marvel when Jude Law took it. I don't know, maybe one of, maybe that hashtag show or somebody even ran it as Marvel. I'm not sure. Um, any thoughts on why did Marvel doesn't want to talk about this? I don't know. It's a very good question, and we kind of had a good discussion about this earlier today. You know, I, I can totally see him just being almost an original character of sorts. I mean, the movie's called Captain Marvel, and Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. And without having, like, a, a predecessor-type deal, you know, it could be very, very confusing or almost corny to have a, a character being named Marvel, you know? Um, so maybe it's something like that. Or it's completely um, a spoiler of some sort. And I guess at set visits, they wouldn't... Um, reveal his name or his role um in ew and and their press so far has said that too so it's it's kind of odd to say the least uh i figured they had mentioned his role when they announced that uh he joined the cast with like the synopsis way back when but apparently that's not the case um so yeah i don't know what's going on there all right any other thoughts on captain marvel before we wrap that up no it looks we saw ronan we're going to see, hopefully they kind of do Ronan justice, because I, I love that comic book character. So maybe uh, he'll actually be good this movie. And Minerva's in there? Minerva looks like a better Gamora than Gamora looks. But that's that's a chat for another day, I guess. Yeah, uh, Samuel L. Jackson looked like young Samuel L. Jackson, which means he just looks like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> like, the picture that we got, like... It looks like just a little bit of makeup, and they—he looks exactly like he did in the '90s. The man right, yeah. does not they, age whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, they said it was digitally de-aged. I'm like, that looks exactly like his Instagram selfie from five minutes ago. I mean, uh, along those lines, Kevin Feige recently was asked about 
female Marvel movies. And he said that they hope they make a whole bunch more of them. And he's excited for the day that it's not even really news, that it's a female-led movie, that it's just like, oh, who's this character? Instead of, hey, let's talk about this being a female character. I think that totally makes sense. Um, I didn't prep you ahead of time. If they're planning on making more female-led movies, can you think of a character that you would want to see get their own movie in the future? I uh, I read that particular quote just to mean like, oh, hey, we're going to actually announce Black Widow soon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of Jessica Drew. Oh, I forgot to put this in the news. Did you see her social the social media post about Jessica Drew this week? No. Oh, Maybe yeah. Maybe it's not really. So Allison Brie from Community Fame and who's in Glow was at the gym pumping iron with uh, Brie Larson. And since Allison Brie and Brie Larson are buddies in real life, apparently, and Jessica Drew and Carol Danvers are buddies in the comics, like this fan... There suddenly was this wildfire of fan quote, like, Jessica Drew played by Allison Brie, Spider-Woman, let's do it now. And I thought, that's... It's not terrible. I could go for that. I was just going to say, I've seen much worse fan casts on this podcast, even mine included. (laughs) (laughs) We do worse fan casts every time we're asked to do them. All right, Rhiannon, the next thing is something that you shared earlier this week. Uh, Jeremy Tardy, I believe is his name. The actor who has been cast for that mysterious new warriors pilot as night thrasher. Um, Posted himself in a backyard doing nunchucks and said, are you ready for this? Like hashtag Night Thrasher or something. Does this feel like it makes New Warriors closer or is this just a really unemployed guy? (laughs) Something is happening with New Warriors. I, I mean, when we posted, when that came, when that happened, I mean, Kevin Beagle, Kevin Beigle, the showrunner has been super active about being on New Warriors. Um, something is happening. This came out before the New York Comic Con's schedule information. So I almost expected like a New Warriors panel or something at Comic Con, which we didn't get. But um, it's just weird. I just want some New Warriors news so it'll stop being so weird. I was uh, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw him post that video and he, so what he he's standing there twirling his nunchucks and the very first comment I see that almost made me rage quit Instagram someone post still better than an Iron Fist fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that like, was actually what? me on Slack, Adam. Was that? <laughs> did you say that? I did. I thought I swore I saw it on Instagram. Uh, Maybe it's it was right Slack. underneath it on Slack. Caleb Borchers okay. better trained than Finn Jones. Okay, yeah, I saw it somewhere on the internet, and I'm like, oh, jeez, I hate the internet. And now Adam quits our podcast because of your joke. All I could think of was uh, like Napoleon Dynamite jokes, you know, like I've got sweet dumbstruck <laughs> skills, you know, like Night Thrasher is going to go get us a, a sea bass, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's totally ready to play a superhero character. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he's real bored. I, I don't. This cast has got to be going crazy on this thing, so. 
I mean, how'd that conversation go? Hey, hey, mom, will you go film me while I twirl my nunchucks real quick? <laughs> nunchucks, nunchucks. We got real press for my show, so it'll be on the air somewhere. Now imagine an SNL skit of New Warriors cast members with their parents. You need to get a job. But mom, I have a job. I'm going to be on New Warriors. That's what you've been saying for the last two years. I haven't seen this on TV. It's on Marvel, Where's your Comic-Con panel? (laughs) And now we have a new character to add to the show, Jeremy Tardy's mother. (laughs) Every time it's a property, you don't think it's going to happen. Sure, Sony. I believe that you're going to make a Silk movie. Right. Speaking of not making movies, Dave Bautista is now just like... (laughs) He's just like, I don't want to work for, like, I feel like every time I see a a comment from him, it's worse and worse and worse. I just, like, at first I was kind of just kidding about Disney firing him, but I really think they could be close now. Because he just seems to be daring them to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Like, maybe it's already happened, and and it's just not public. Well, did you see the news from Atlanta filming today? No, which would be have to be heavily disclaimed because Atlanta filming also said Thanos got his arm cut off by Nebula in Infinity War. But I mean, that's the that's the account that posts some stills and stuff. And someone tweeted, or he said, or she said, or they said that uh, reshoots were underway for Avengers Four in Atlanta, which we kind of heard they were starting this fall. Um, and then someone tweeted him, and then they responded. I guess I would call this more than reshoots or they're not reshoots or something like that, which kind of sort of hints that it's a lot more than that. Speculation just automatically jumped on. They're killing Drax. For me, this is the least worried about reshoot movie ever because they finished filming it about a year ago. Right. So like they finished a movie and then they put out the one before it and then they got response and then they want to tweak it. I mean, that just totally makes sense to me. And then they bought a whole other studio, and they found out that their character list is, like, doubling, and... I mean... It's Fantastic Four. That's why they're doing reshoots. Confirmed here on Marvel News Desk. Let's put an asterisk there so we're not held liable. <laughs> if we... I don't know how you asterisk the podcast. I don't know. I mean... I mean, do people really listen to this anyways? <laughs> True, good point. Well, particularly, they'll see the Iron Fist headline and they'll be like, no, I was going to say, you should, you should bait everybody and make the headline on this. Like, we found something else to talk about Infinity War. Just so people show up and listen. And then they'll be really angry and they can send all their hate mail to Adam and then he has something to do this weekend. The title could be like, Avengers 4 title revealed. <laughs> like, nah, just kidding, we're talking about Iron Fist. You should do that. Do it in all caps and at the very end put JK. Talking about the uh, the reshoots, for real, um, apparently they're adding some more Wakanda stuff and some more potential spoiler Black Panther stuff. Um... I don't know. I feel like that makes sense. I think they probably didn't know Black Panther was going to be as huge as it was when they did the filming. and So adding more of that is not a surprise. And the idea that some of these characters will come back... like I, I don't understand. I've seen this thing online where people are like, Oh, it's a spoiler that they're talking about Tom Holland maybe being in this movie. Or, oh, Chadwick Boseman showing up on set will spoil Avengers 4. We know that these characters are coming back. Like, no one honestly believes 
that Black Panther died in Infinity War and is never coming back, right? So why is this being talked about like a spoiler? There was some people in my theater that thought Black Panther was dead, and they were angry. <laughs> that would be the most, like, meta move ever, just to, like, kill Black Panther off after just one very, very good movie. I saw it. I, there were some people in the crowd that thought they had just killed T'Challa, and, like... I mean, you know, people don't know. There were people, plenty of people that went into this that thought it could have been the very end of the Marvel Universe and thought they did kill Black Panther. This is not huge news. Mark Kolpak, who has done a lot of special uh, effects, I think, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is getting a chance... Chance. That's not a word. Is getting a chance to direct uh, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, he's been... Adam, maybe you know, has he been? He's been on the show for a long time and done a lot of VFX stuff. Or I think most of the season. I, I guess I don't know for sure. Um, but the dude's super cool. He's super interactive on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that was just kind of weird. He just tweeted it. I'm like, whoa, that's that's pretty cool. And they were filming episode four, wasn't it? Six oh four. Oh, also speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, um, go ahead and follow Chloe Bennett again because her and Logan Paul broke up. We are not going to rejoice over someone losing a relationship. That would be petty and mean, small-minded of us to be happy that someone who's so awesome is no longer dating someone who's such a turd weasel. I just don't think that we should. Didn't we... (laughs) Didn't we talk about him getting punched in the face last week, though? (laughs) We did. I heard he was going to be cast okay. on the Shadowhunters. So. <laughs> Danny Rand is recast as Logan Paul. <laughs> we now have reached the news story of the week that Caleb thinks is really stupid. And we're talking about it merely because of how stupid it is. Um, there's the new toy lines for Spider-Man Far From Home that are starting to be produced. And apparently there's going to be a Molten Man figure in that line and so this was really dumb one site i think it was mcu cosmic said hey this is kind of weird that they're doing a molten man but sometimes they do another figure so don't it's probably not real and then other sites picked it up as confirmed molten man is probably going to be in the spider-man homecoming um i'm really sure that molten man is not molten man is not did i say molten Molten's mm-hmm. a theologian. I thought you said Mole Man. I'm like, oh, no, I meant Molten okay. Man. Moltmann is a German theologian, but Molten Man is the action figure. And I mean, we've been through this before with Darkhawk, right, Adam? Just because there's an action figure in the line does not mean they're in the movie. Oh, it happens all the time. I mean, the Ant Man and the Wasp line. I mean, they threw in Ant Man and the Wasp with Cole Obsidian and Malekith, and yeah, don't pay attention to the toys because they always every single wave of Legends figures. It's not even all movie stuff. They have like three or four movies figs, and then they throw in two or three totally random, not related whatsoever. So, come on, sites do better. Y'all call yourself journalists. Psh. Not you two. I'm talking about the other people that write about this stuff. <laughs> oh, 
I'm just over here coming up with a malt liquor man. Uh... <laughs> malt liquor man. <laughs> Zima boy. Fitzsimmons' grandson, malt liquor man, drinking his Zima. <laughs> the Zima Zoomer. He goes the speed of light, but only when he's looking up on Zima. As far as the toys, I mean, they did have Colleen Wing as a defender. But she was the least in the show. Alright, that's all the news I have. Did I miss anything important? Uh, the New York Comic Con schedule came out. Yeah, so I was going to talk about that right now anyway. So, yes. What all is happening at New York Comic Con, Rhiannon, that people will hear from us about? Oh, honestly, it's been a really busy week. I just caught the part about Daredevil and stopped reading. (laughs) So this is the frustrating thing. At least last I checked, they have announced that there's going to be a Daredevil panel and Marvel has talked about it. It's not on the schedule anywhere. They've said that it's Saturday at Madison Square Garden. So are we sure there is a Daredevil panel? We can confirm that at least. Well, Marvel has said that, yes, there's going to be a Daredevil panel, so... Is that a Nickelback poster? Shadow Hunters. <laughs> Shadow. Oh my goodness! This is how you remind me of what <laughs> I really am. Wow! If you really want to tick the Shadow Hunter people off, let's just conflate them like we can't tell the difference between Nickelback <laughs> and Shadow Hunters. I picked up a couple of them, sold them for five bucks on eBay. I think it's fair to say... Wow, they're worth that much? <laughs> yeah. Shadowhunter fans probably aren't old enough to know who Nickelback is, right? Like... <laughs> I, knew, I knew a Shadowhunter fan my, my age. Whatever that is. I remember Zemo. <laughs> so, I think what we're saying is, from New York, when we get finished, we probably aren't going to even have time to podcast at the show. So, when we podcast a day or two after a New York Comic Con, we'll talk all about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, Daredevil and Runaways and then there's supposed to be a gifted panel but I've not seen when that is either so yeah there's all those sorts of things happening So, and we're going to try to have a little meetup thing yeah absolutely alright that's the New York Comic Con news we were not as precise as we should be alright I want to do this real quick uh, Adam, do you want to give us our uh, your review of Eminem's Venom song? <laughs> now that we have heard it, it's yeah, it's dope. I mean, it's not bad. It's it's way too commercialized, um, and it's probably my least favorite part of that album. Um, but yeah, I, it's it it did exceed expectations. Um, but yeah, like it sounds like a theme song, you know. Um, I mean, that's our, he's rhyming the word venom, right? Yeah. And he rhymes with the words like get em, smack em, hit em, right? And so the chorus is like, venom, gonna hit em, smack em, bat em, bat em, bat em. It sounds to me like Cookie Monster eating cookies. Me so hungry for cookies. No, 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 venom, venom, no, 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 no. Cookie, gonna hit em, cookie, venom, venom, venom. Like, <laughs> yeah. this was my idea for a YouTube video. I think I'm going to get the Cookie Monster and the Venom song and just go back and forth. Oh, between, num, 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 num,
But you guys have seen all those videos of people. I mean, one, totally calling that Eminem album drop. Way to make that happen, you guys. But you've seen the videos of the people doing their their Eminem impressions? Uh, I've I've seen a couple of them. Oh, dude. MGK came back with a diss track, so... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be him. I would guess Eminem's going to drop something soon. Is that what you were talking about? You guys about, saw that Brandon? No, I was just talking about like your everyday Caleb Borchers doing Eminem videos that are like, just like, um, yeah, singing about whatever. And it was like Cookie Monster, like doing an impression of everything in the album because all of his stuff sounds the same. Ooh. Can we sample Rhiannon's beatbox and make that into our theme song? Please. A little scat or whatever that was. We can take my Nickelback, gonna, my Cookie Monster, and her yes, scat. Please. And send it to Alving, and he'll make us up a new track. Oh, maybe we'll have to save that for... Uh, for the hundredth episode, I already have our uh, yes. never heard before pilot episode that I might bring a little bit of out. Oof, that was gross. It was bad. <laughs> All right, so talk about things that are bad. Let's talk about Iron. No, I'm just kidding. We yeah. enjoyed it. Iron Fist season two is officially here. You have seen Adam's review where he calls it potentially the best MCU television show of 2018. Um, Adam, I mean, you've, you, you've been so built up about this. Um, let's try to do a little non-spoiler for the people who have not heard, who've seen it yet. We'll do a little non-spoiler and then we'll also do, um, when we do review it, we can only review the first six episodes cause that's all I've seen. So, I mean, Adam could review more, but I've not seen it. So, um, so non-spoilers, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, the first glance, it, it's better than it, it the first season. I mean, I think that's probably going to be unanimous. I would be very surprised if somebody says, oh, I like season one better. Um, it's, it's the Netflix show, man. It's a Marvel Netflix show. It still struggles kind of with a sluggish pace to start off with. Um, the fight scenes I thought were superb. You know, there's that one right out of the gates that kind of set the tone um but overall it's it's a vast improvement you can tell there's there's new leadership if you want to call it that there's new uh, new writing staff and all that it, it's completely apparent it's almost a night and day i mean even the look and feels different it's almost i i would say it's looks more like a daredevil show than it does iron fist season one i'm not sure if that's something you guys would agree, but it it does have a different uh, look and feel to it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's about as far as I can go without getting spoilery. I mean, it, the supporting cast is phenomenal. I, and of course, you, you know, the, an Iron Fish show, Iron Fish should probably be the star. But that's kind of the trend we've been seeing. Even Luke Cage 2 focused on the supporting cast a lot more this season. And that's kind of the same for Iron Fist season two. Um, the supporting cast is whew, good. I, I'm not sure if I have a problem with any of them yet. Um, at least in this segment of the show. I feel like a lot like the first season, it started off slow 
and built up well. Um, I've joked with some people that the first episode took about three days to watch. And, um, I, I mean, I just, I, I felt like I was watching those first few episodes for a very long time, but then it was like, Oh, I'm into this. This is good. Um, which I feel like the first season, you know, I think that was the whole problem with the first season is that they gave, they gave the press like four episodes or six episodes or something. And they were the slowest and it just built up, you know, to nothing. Um, whereas the season, I think they would have done well to have released the whole season to the press rather than just, yes. you know, Yes, 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 yes. I want to echo that really quick. It is a travesty they did not release the whole season for review. That is all at the current moment. (laughs) I think it's interesting. One of the things people complained about was the corporate corporate espionage, not espionage, but like the corporate intrigue junk. They've completely, like Rand Corporation doesn't hardly exist. Right, Um, right. And I mean that's not to be spoiler. Just that that piece has been taken out, and they've replaced it with sort of street gangs, you know, war between the war, you know, crime lords, which I think is an improvement, but also feels super generic to every Marvel Netflix show ever. And so, I mean, I'm not trying to get into plot there, just to say that's that is the setup. Um, some of the setup of the show is they're living in Chinatown. They have made Chinatown to Iron Fist what Harlem is to Luke Cage, which I think is a significant change. And in that, they've switched the corporate stuff up at the top of a you know ward or at the top of Ward Tower, at the top of um, Rand Tower to stuff that's happening on the streets of Chinatown. And it, that's a shift in the setting that's interesting. I'm not sure if it's that much better, but it's certainly more action-oriented than, than the corporate stuff. So, I do not give two flips about gang wars in Chinatown. Oh, I'm so tired. It's all—it's almost to the point of the hand already, you know? It's just exhausting. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what the first few episodes are just trying to convince you to care about gang wars in Chinatown. And I'm just like, I, I don't care about the Russians in Hell's Kitchen. I don't care about whatever gang in the in Chinatown. I, I, I just feel like it's so manufactured, and and some you know they've got to build it up so that you have some emotional care in it. And it just at this point, there's so many characters in this universe that we do care about. You guys realize this is the tenth season. Of Marvel Netflix shows. We know these characters. We care about these characters. You have enough characters there. Add in, you know, make Dabo steeper, add in some Typhoid Mary to, or I'm sorry, Mary Walker to, to bring in something fresh, but we don't need the introduction of gang wars. And also, I mean, I know that organized crime is kind of this way, that someone always kind of rises to fill the vacuum. But at this point, we've seen the hand. We've seen sort of the Yakuza kind of guys in Daredevil. We saw the Russians in Daredevil. 
We had Owsley and his deal. We had Kingpin and his people. We've got Mariah Dillard and Stokes and their people. And we have... And the Italians. The Italians and the Mexicans and the Yardies and now three brands of triads. You know, like, like you literally could make a list of 15 different gang groups. We had the Irish that get all got all shot up by the Punisher. Like... At this point, they're just going through a list of every ethnicity that exists in America, and they're like, well, let's turn that into a gang. You know? I mean, it's it just feels repetitive and overdone and just too much. That's a weird thing to focus on, though. It's the only thing we talk about. It's not super spoilery, No, no though, it's... You know? Yeah, it's... You bring up a good point. I mean, it's... it's I mean, it's... I'm tired of the gang stuff already, and it's super interesting to see what... I mean, I, one would think Cheo's probably going to listen to this criticism because, I mean, that's essentially where Luke Cage Season 3 is headed. You know, that's what Luke Cage Season 3 is going to be. And although it does get better in Iron Fist as the season progresses, um, I'm tired of the gang stuff. I, but And it brings back the thing, what other stuff can you do with street-level characters? At least in Luke Cage Season 3, like, Luke... Luke will have the gang. He'll be the mob boss. I'm hoping Luke Cage season three takes a sort of Luke's the bad guy. I mean, Jessica Jones showed that you can bring a superpowered person into the street level stuff. Like when we watched Kilgrave, nobody was like, oh, this ruins the tone of Netflix. You know, like that was a superpowered character that still felt like it fit the vibe of Daredevil. So She's the only series that doesn't have like a insert place or ethnicity here gang plus jessica jones also gave us the first ever mcu music video right what was that <laughs> trish walk like shake my cray cray or whatever that was <laughs> or what was that song yeah Ugh. <laughs> i guess before we finish the non-spoiler part where would you adam i think you said that you you feel like this is the best netflix show of this year it's in contention. I would say between this or Cloak and Dagger, it would be the best season on uh, Marvel TV. I mean, it's, it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five. Um, yeah, I, I would take either Cloak and Dagger or Iron Fist season two um, over Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But in the grand scheme of... Yeah... Yeah, I don't want to get into a whole ranking of shows because you guys haven't completed it yet. And my opinion changes drastically, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I would say... Does it change up or does it change down? Oh, up a lot. Oh, okay. A lot. Right. Like probably too much, but a lot. You guys will think too much. But I don't know. You haven't seen it yet, but it's very good. For me, that's like, there's opportunity here. If I had to rank the shows for this year, I, I mean, I'll leave Shield out of it because Shield was kind of half this year, half last. I think Cloak and Dagger has been my favorite. Luke Cage two is next, and right now Iron Fist two is below Luke. But I, th but it's close enough that if it's a great last four episodes, I think it could be. I could like it better than that, and I definitely think it's much better than Jessica Jones season two because I just. As more time goes on, I just really didn't like that. So, Okay, so are we talking about the first six episodes here, or are we talking about the whole season? Uh, well, you can talk about the whole... I can only the talk about the first six, 
Okay, if we're including uh, if we're including the whole season, Iron Fist Two is by and large the best season of Marvel television. Okay, that's big. No questions asked. No questions asked. Though the last, yeah, the last three episodes are okay. We're gonna we're gonna mute Adam now. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm so excited. I'm still so excited. I didn't sleep last (laughs) night after watching them, um, and I've just been chomping at the bit to talk to someone about it. Um, and you guys aren't doing it, so I have to talk to somebody. So you might as well just mute me so I can go on a monologue now. I logged into the press site. <laughs> it's just that there were distractions. Yeah. No, but if <laughs> judging by the whole season, and this is me being as objective as I can. Yes, Iron Fist is one of my favorite comic book characters, but it has a very, 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 very strong ending. Almost too strong that they could have spread out earlier. Um, but I I have zero issues with episodes 8, 9, and 10. Danny's great. Danny is very good. I'm good. You, y'all are going to be surprised. Danny's, Danny's the dude now. But, uh, yeah, whole season, I would say Iron Fist is the best show we've seen so far this year. It might be the best we get this year. Based on the six that you've seen, Rhiannon, how are you feeling this is the show is shapes up overall? I mean, from the six that I've seen, I would probably put Luke Cage above it. Um and I really liked Shield season five. Uh, I mean I'm telling you, those first four episodes took a lot of effort to get through. Um and I'm just of arbitrarily saying four. Yeah, of Iron Fist. I'm arbitrarily saying four episodes because, like, when I'm binging, I forget where I am. But, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying it's not out there at the top for me right now. All right, let's go ahead and do spoilers. So, for the six episodes that we've all seen, what else? Let's, I want to talk... I, th- I think first about Typhoid Mary. So Rhiannon, this is a character that you r- really care about and have some history with. How have you felt about Mary thus far? I think they gave her a very fresh, um, I mean, one, I mean, you know, we're in our 10th season of the Marvel shows. I, um, I always envisioned that I wanted, you know, like, I have how I wanted to see Typhoid Mary. And I loved the idea of the sweet, innocent version of Mary um, being in a relationship. Like, in the comics, she's in a relationship with Matt Murdock. Before you find out that she's got the other ego. Uh, or the other personality. And, um, and that just added such level to it. So having her, I mean, I did like that, you know, we sort of met her as the sweet version, I think, or at least, you know, Danny met her as the sweet version. And I think very odd that they ended up moving forward, you know, that, that like Danny wanted, you know, they, they got it to a point where Danny needed the not sweet version needed the the psycho or the killer or I mean not psycho but the the killer version um 
was very interesting. I, I didn't like that they revealed her DID through just, you know, Joy, oh, here, look, your diagnosis. Because, you know, everybody that has a psych- psychological issue has their diagnosis sitting around. Um, yeah, that that just seemed very... Okay, it's out there. Yeah, I mean, but but I think they could have more creatively brought that about. Um, but I think it also was like, I think it was the 2018 way of revealing it. You know, let's have a uh, appropriate, let's call it DID and not multiple personality disorder. Um, let's let's you know get it out there and have like a very respectful talk about this disorder and made it very real. Um, but yeah, so I, I like the twists so far. And Alice Eve is amazing. Yeah. I, I think I said in our conversations, it's really, I find this to be really interesting and difficult. And I think this is going to come up again in the future at some point. Um, we've gotten to this place where we want to be really cautious about mental illness and that in these shows, mental illness is talked about in a way that's respectful and doesn't overly stigmatize and doesn't, you know, just say, like, basically, if you have a mental illness, you're a supervillain, you know, like, and I I appreciate where all that comes from. And I think those are, like, good, socially conscious things to do. I feel like it makes the character less unpredictable and dangerous than what I think about as the comic counterpart. Like, because they won't go over the top with things, I don't feel like she's at any point going to just, like... Like, I wanted, like, a Heath Ledger joke. I mean, that's not a fair expectation. But, like, I love how, like, Heath Ledger's Joker, every second he's on screen, you feel nervous. And I never got any of that out of Mary... Because her most dangerous persona is the one who's more in control, which I don't know. Yeah, that's that, that's what her her more dangerous persona is the one that Danny's trying to get her to bring out. That's the one that like, and, and I mean in the comics, her dangerous persona is the one that set Matt Murdock's hair on fire. Right. Um, it it just I don't know. But I like it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not Typhoid Mary. Like, when you have too much time to think about how you want certain things to be, bullseye. Um, it, there's there's a real chance that, that it could be great and it's not what you're wanting to see. It is great. Like, outside of those expectations. I, I, I think she's fantastic. Adam can't even say anything. No, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want Adam to say anything. No, it's yeah. At the end of the first six episodes, I uh, I was not sold on uh, Mary. It's uh, that's no no. I mean, no ill will towards Alice Eve. She's fantastic in the role. It's just at the end of the six episodes, I I think I expected more, and it just kind of hits hits or misses the mark, I should say, and. Like Rhiannon had said earlier, they ended the screeners in such a bizarre area, and right as one was going to form an opinion on Mary Walker, it ends, and you're like, "Oh, really?" Um, yeah, they totally should have released all ten at once. Um, it definitely would have got them much better reviews. But um, 
Yeah, in, in terms of Mary Walker, I guess maybe a little disappointed. I guess it's just not up to expectations through the first six episodes. All right, I feel like we should not go another second without talking about Colleen and Misty. The Daughters of the Dragon stuff is so yeah. stinking good. So good. Very good. Very. It, it's almost... it. it, it I don't want to call it a proof of concept, but it it almost feels like a backdoor pilot. You know, it's just so, so, so good. Every second they're together on screen is amazing. Um, Jessica Henwick and Simone Missick are amazing in the roles, and they just play off each other so well. It's it's fantastic. And that fight, let's can we talk about that fight? Oh man, that's in the first six episodes, right? The tattoo parlor fight. Yeah. Yes. That was insane. That was so good. That's all I wanted to talk about about that. It was just very, very good. I also love the snacks. <laughs> like, listen, Colleen, if you're gonna buy me snacks, you better get this right. None of you know, like clearly, like that's just that that whole little like comedy bit about Misty being frustrated with Colleen's ability to pick up the right snacks at the gas station. That's the kind of thing that a buddy cop show should have. And it's, it's why Daughters of the Dragon would be so good with the two of them. I mean, if we're going to have a bunch of gangs, I like the tattoo parlor gang of girls. They were awesome. We're missing the point here. It was from which famous comic run by which amazing writers and which amazing artist? Just saying. Yeah, it was the Immortal Iron Fist stuff from Little, Fraction. It, and, uh, it was a Fraction and Brubaker. The cra- well, in the comics, they're Crane daughters, and then, but they still they get into that mysticism, man. And I, t- that's what Iron Fist should be. It should be getting into kind of teetering that edge of Doctor Strange stuff, but keeping it street level at the same time. I picture instead of going full magician, I picture. But the, uh, yeah, the Crane Sister stuff, it, like I said, I mean, you could tell uh, Raven Metzner and his, his writing staff are comic book fans, and that's apparent throughout, but that Crane Sister stuff's pretty rad. It's funny, thinking about that run, I would love, they should do another season of Iron Fist, take it back out, out to 13 episodes, but only seven of them are about Danny. And in between them, huh. like episode one is about Danny, and then episode two is a flashback to a previous Iron Fist. Huh. And you just get a different director, different style, do it totally crazy. And then you go back to Danny and somehow it interacts with that episode. And then episode four, you do another historic Iron Fist. So you get like a six episode anthology series interspliced between a seven episode Danny series. Huh. Okay. I mean, maybe you should just watch the rest of the three episodes because you kind of have a kind of have a pretty solid theory. There oh, okay, okay. Very oh, well gosh, become reality. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying. Just, just, just watch it. And, you know. Oh. That's why I'm so GD excited. I'm gonna break something. You know what's gonna happen yeah. now? I'm not even sure what that means, but some guy is gonna be like, "You said you wouldn't spoil episode eight. And then you spoiled episode. I'm like, ah, it, just, it just happened. It was just dumb luck. <laughs> Don't be mad at me, Kalu. You're pretty good at those theories. 
you had a good one in Slack. You didn't bring up the the one in Slack today. How uh, Jude Law's Yanrog. That was very solid. Oh yeah, that's my other. I did forget that. I do have this theory that we're gonna find out. The way I see it, Carol's dad was Marvel, and um, Jude Law is Yanrog, and he killed her dad. And that will be found out at the end, and he'll be the big villain of the movie. So, kind of like a Mordo thing, or no, like a Ego the Living Planet kind of thing. I have a theory that Netflix completely forgot that Iron Fist is coming out this week, and nobody's going to push the button at three a.m. to make it go live. I mean, because like I have seen, like usually, I mean, for Jessica Jones, for Luke Cage, there were you know posters up in the subways in New York, like. There's usually some advertising out there. I feel like that, like even the Iron Fist account, I feel like hasn't posted much on Twitter. I it, it's yeah, I, it's I feel like they're doing all of the advertisements. There was no premiere party. There was no press event. And I know um, Luke Cage they didn't, but they did that Luke Cage thing. Correction, I had a premiere party at my house, so... Is that... I mean, is it was that... just me, but it was still a party, so... <laughs> I was about to I... say, is that why we have to wrap it up was, in, like, 15 It was still a party. I did want to ask about... There is a, uh... Like, a dinner party episode? Yes! I forget if it's party what three is... or four. Where it's... I, th- that was touching on... Go ahead. I, I feel like they domesticated Colleen so much in those early episodes. Like put her in frumpy sweaters and like she and Danny are playing house and they're gonna her dojo has become a living room <laughs> with a really nice open floor plan with a kitchen I mean you know Danny put the money into that interior decorating but yeah her dojo became a living room and Danny's like pseudo Batman with his computer set up in the corner yeah well he is trying to cover for Matt Murdock and he, he oh, go ahead. he's trying to cover for Matt Murdock and he can't like hear for five blocks. So he needs computer screens. The biggest nitpick I had through the first six episodes was the fact that Danny Rand was grilling meatballs. Yeah. I'm like, what? He can't even make meatballs. That's how they do it in Kun Lun, man. Oh, God, give me a break. Like, who the hell? It was like a campfire thing, and he's grilling meatballs. And I think Ward even says something like, what the hell are you doing, man? No, that was Which Davos. Exact... Was it Davos? Yeah, it was like Davos up there like, this is uh, how you cook that? And I'm like, you two grew no, up it's together. Not. And that you became you a vegetarian, meatball. and he became somebody that grills meatballs. Like, I, and that was like, I, I wondered, like, I mean, because they stuck to that really, like, Davos does not eat meat, does not. But, like... Danny definitely eats meat. He wanted his shrimp fried rice in The Defenders. I just thought that was an odd episode. Like, I kind of got what they were going for, but I was... I, I don't know. Like, it just seemed very weird to me to spend that much time on, like, a dinner party gone wrong. It just... I don't know. I was... Just the whole time I was watching, it was like... This is an odd choice, you know. Like I was not big a big fan. But, of it. I mean, it does make sense in a way. I mean, still at that point in, in the season, really, the bad 
guys, the bad people, are are really the gangs. You know, obviously we know about Joy and Davos's plot by this point, um, but nobody else but them knows about that. You know, so I mean, I, I get it. It's just kind of it was peculiar. It kind of did create a little tension, you know, because we're like, oh wow, they want to kill Danny, except now they're eating spaghetti and grilled meatballs. I tell you, it was like office tension, though. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was just like that, like uncomfortability tension. You know? Yeah. What kind of tension? Like the tension after Michael Scott tells a, a really bad joke, or like when Roy barges into the office tension. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking more like. Um, Secret Santa, you're only supposed to spend twenty dollars, oh, okay. yeah. and he buys an iPod, and they're like, "Oh, that's way over yeah. the limit," you know. Yeah. Like clearly, this is okay. Not so okay. you're going balls to the wall. You're thinking like Scott's Tot type tension. Adam, we have not talked about our favorite character. Yeah, in the show. let's talk about him in our show in the universe. Ward Meacham is such a national treasure. I just do not even know how to talk about how much I love Ward <laughs> Meacham. <laughs> I, he, and that's the thing I I I keep stressing how good Ward is and I I think people think I'm trying to be like ironic or something but I legitimately enjoy who he is how that character is I mean there's so much Pelf for the uh, Pelfrey does such a good job I mean he cracks jokes and then the next scene he he's a recovering addict and he just has an incredible range, and I love it. I love it. After after this season, Ward is legit one of my favorite MCU characters. No questions asked. Oh, we're adding that to the um that that little soundbite right there, like taking down the timestamp and adding that to our sizzle reel. Do it. Add <laughs> it to the sizzle reel, man. I mean, I, I love the dude. It's just, I mean, quite frankly, he's probably um character i almost relate to most um not in the sense of being a recovering uh like meth addict (laughs) heroin addict um but in the sense that he's kind of i mean he's almost i think he's almost the most real person there i he he has the best writing you know like when danny gives away whatever in episode one i would have reacted exactly like war i would have been like what the hell are you doing you know it his reactions are always gold, and I think I um, react to them best or identify with them best. He he's still. I mean, I love the character. I love Pelfrey. I I after watching these, sat in a meeting and gave two middle fingers to people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> my boss. My boss did at the same time. No, it was in a it was in a work meeting, and my boss did at the same time. And it was just like, where did you get that idea? Um, but I something about his delivery. There's something about his speech patterns and delivery that always feel off to me. That it's just kind of like, wow, you're saying the words, but I I don't love them. But there's something about his character and the words they put in his mouth and his journey and everything else about it that I still love him. Did you read his uh, AMA on Reddit? That's not his real voice. 
I guess. I've never listened to an interview with him or anything to see what his quote-unquote real voice is. But he had a teacher once or professor when he was in school saying that his voice wasn't menacing enough or wasn't the right voice. So that is, he learned to talk deeper or whatever, I guess. I probably butchered that, but in a sense, short story, that's not his real voice. Fun fact. So here's the thing I love about Ward. Um, we, for a variety of reasons, I think culturally tend to talk about people who care about other people or like are heroes or want to save other people as being kind of kind and empathetic and like we kind of like we up we hold up like these mother Teresa gandhi type people right that are like very meek and mild and care about others but there is a version of person that cares for other people by doing the dirty work for them and like being the a-hole so that nobody else has to be. And I, that is Ward. And I get that. Like his thing where he's like, when he says like, I don't want to, he he uses the phrase, I lead with a-hole. I know. And I know it's, it's a problem. But when you look at it, he has always been altruistic. I think in almost everything he's done. Like, all the stuff with his dad, he did so Joy didn't have to deal with his dad. And even when he was trying to kill Danny, he was trying to protect Joy and his dad and do the stuff that, you know, like, had to be done to keep them safe. And now, in this season, like, he's 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 trying to protect Danny from stuff. And that scene where he talks about how Harold would beat him and that's why he didn't let Joy get near him. And he's like, I treated you like crap because I didn't want him to be able to do it to you. And so like, I just did what had to be done to protect you. That's not great. And there's some arrogance there and I get why Joy doesn't like it, but I appreciate like, I love that persona, that idea of like, I'm going to be the jerk in the room that does the crap jobs that nobody else wants to do because I have the stomach for it and I can save other people from it. I totally get that like approach to life, even like in parenting. Like I like to be the mean parent so that my wife doesn't yeah, have to be, right. you know? And so like that idea of like, I'm willing to be the jerk so that someone I love doesn't have to be, I think it's like such a nuanced, incredible character and I just love Tom Pelfrey so much. Like, I think it's so good. He is the ward we deserve or the ward we need. We, we just need Brett Dalton and Tom Pelfrey to get in the same room. Oh. I mean, it would just, we want to have a spicy hundredth oh, yeah. so episode. Cool. I mean, I might work on that full time <laughs> over the next two months. Oh, I should say that Pelfrey and Metzner are both great on social yeah. media. I think Pelfrey's liked my tweets a couple times and, Metzner liked mine this week, so... We're hoping to get one of them on, but, you know, life. We don't have lives. And that's the point. That's why we can't get... That's why RDJ hasn't been on the podcast, because we don't have lives. We need a life. Someone go out and get some friends or something. I mean, at the at the end of the day, that's I said it earlier, but, I mean, it's at, at the end of this these six episodes, these the supporting cast shines 
much, much better than Danny. But I mean, that's not, that's not stopping Danny. I would say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would compare season two Danny and Iron Fist is much closer to Luke Cage Danny than Iron Fist one Danny. Would you, would you say, I mean, it's, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still has the faults, and he still makes some really stupid decisions. Um, case in point, he grills meatballs. Um, but I just think he's kind of – he's not near – right now, he's not as good as he was in Luke Cage Season 2. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing the one thing that did bother me – in Luke Cage season two, he comes in and he kind of has a little bit of the Zen thing going on, right? Where they go up above the city at, you know, the university or whatever. He's like, Luke, just like sit up above the city, stay above the fray, clear your mind, get into the flow, right? Like all that stuff. But then we pick up in episode one of Iron Fist and he's so in the fray and not above it. That he's like going down to the subway and beating the tar out of walls because he has this repressed anger that he doesn't know how to deal with. To me, that was a little whipped. Yeah, true. Like, is this guy a Zen guy mm-hmm. that's above it? Or yeah, not? but then I, I chalked it up to, I mean, in Luke Cage, we only saw a fraction of Danny's day, you know? And that's totally understandable. I mean, that I'll go post a motivational image on Instagram and then turn around and just be a slob the rest of the day or something. You know, we just saw a fraction of Danny's day in Luke Cage 2 plus um he gets better. All right, shut uh, up so I can go watch it. <laughs> now the more you talk is less time I spend watching you it. You probably won't watch okay, them all. That's true. You don't work tomorrow, you can watch. Well, them all. I'll watch I don't have to work tomorrow. I can watch I took the I day want. off tomorrow, but I already watched it all. So now I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably should start moving. I was going to go give blood, but instead I might watch this TV show. So see what you did, Adam. She, oh, be careful. You killed children who need <laughs> blood transfusions, Adam. Hey. That's what you've done. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was thinking about that last night. I'm super afraid to give blood now because now I think someone's going to exhume a former Iron Fist body and steal all my powers. Let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, that was pretty dope, right? Or not. Nah, you guys didn't like it, did you? No, the whole I mean, the ritual body? thing. I didn't... That how da- Davos got his powers. I probably need to rewatch that. Well, Davos gets powers, in case you forgot. I know Davos got powers. He could do two Good. fists. He could double fist. Yeah, I, I liked. I just liked the feel of the scene. I like. I th- thought the mystical, dark, the tattoo artists. I, I'm almost sure that there's going to be people that fuss about the like. It wasn't explained to us. Like, do you guys remember when Daredevil Season 2 came out? And everyone's like, well, how does the blood sarcophagus work? And what's the deal with the kid's blood? Ugh. And how does the resurrection magic... How does it function? And I'm like, did you want him to, like, read a biology book from, like, Ninja University or something? Like, we don't need to know all the details of that crap. And so it's the same way to this with me. They're like, oh... We needed a little more details. We needed some details. Really? On Daredevil or this? Just a little. Or both? On, da- on Daredevil. I don't know. It's magic, man. They, they pump their blood with stuff, and then they get magic sarcophagus, and they bring people back. And you can only kill them with a blade. What was that? I don't even remember Defenders. Anyways, I'm just saying, I think... I, I thought we got plenty for Iron Fist's ceremony, and I think people will say, 
well, but how exactly does that work? And why does it work? And why do they have to use the certain tattoo needles? And I just don't think that's the point. All right. <laughs> that effectively killed conversation. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about with Iron Fist? It is most definitely better than the first season. It's, I mean, it's on a par with the vast majority of Netflix shows so far. So, I mean, don't. I, I don't want I don't want to see these tweets, man. I don't want to see the... I'm not going to watch Iron Fist Season 2, blah, 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 blah. Because, one, you should. And, two, I, I don't know where my train of thought was going there. But just watch it. I mean, it's... I don't feel like I lost time watching it. I enjoyed it a lot as it progressed. We have become very anti-negativity, too, at Marvel News Desk. If you feel like Ooh, you posted yeah. something on one of our social media channels... We like, oh, Iron Fist sucks. Did they fix the show by not making it? Uh, we might have deleted your comment because we think you're a jerk. So you know, only like, we can we be negative. It. You didn't on like our it, but you can't be negative on our pages. Just us, right? Is that our policy? I haven't read our new social media policy. I don't. I don't, I don't know if we have one. I think what it is is if Rhiannon's having a bad day and she comes home and she feels like someone's being a jackass <laughs> on Facebook. She's just going to ghost their comment. That's just all there is to it. If one person is being not positive, whatever. I mean, let's have discussions. But there is something about Iron Fist that brings out the worst in people. Oh, so much. I mean, I when I went to San Diego, I posted something on Tumblr because I do that. And about that I was going to be at the Iron Fist panel. And somebody was like, are you going to be there to like, I don't remember what it was, like. You know, are you going to be there to boom? And I'm like, why would I go through all that effort to spread negativity? Like, and so, like, if one person is like, oh, I can't believe you liked that show or whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's an opinion. But when five other people jump on and are like, yeah, it's trash and you're trash and da da da. Yeah, you're gonna get banned, muted, whatever <laughs> right. on our page. I think somebody called someone right. a, the jerk factory called or something, and I'm like, really, guys? Yes. If you if you that's that is our social media rule. I'm making it right now. If you bash anybody for liking something else, then. Go bleep yourself, okay? <laughs> we should yeah. note that we, we do allow some bashing, right? Or does Grant Ward also fall under that? No, Grant Ward, you can okay, you So we can bash Grant Ward. <laughs> we can bash Grant Ward. You yes. can bash Grant Ward, Shadowhunters, <laughs> and. No, but that's the thing. You can bash a character. You can't bash people oh, for liking okay. a character. Yeah. And, and also, just don't start fights. Yeah. Like, like even if you want to put, I don't like it, and that someone else is like, well, I do. Okay. But then when you're, like, going back and forth and, like, getting into peeing contests about, you know, whatever, guys. That's that's the beginning of the mailbag segment, which is we <laughs> will ghost you if we don't like what you put on because we're just trying to make the universe a more positive place. Um... In the mailbag as well, a couple of comments on the website. Uh, Love Waffle, I think, has uh, we were talking about X Men last week. Uh, he's he's putting uh, his bets down that the first X Men movie will not feature Wolverine or Magneto, but it will be the post credit scene, right? So they'll, they'll they'll hold off on one of those two characters and then bring it back in the post credit. I think 
that makes sense. Um, Lambert on the website. One thing to keep in mind regarding the Guardians of the Galaxy delay is the new Guardians roller coaster at Walt Disney World is well underway and slated to open for Walt Disney's 50th anniversary in 2021. So they'll have to get at least some of the cast together to record something for that. Back in May, the park reported the ride would be an epic storyline being developed by Walt Disney Imagineering in close collaboration with the original filmmakers. It's possible to know how much Gunn has... Uh, it's not possible to know how much Gunn has already contributed, but he's been pretty integral to the ride in Disneyland. It's going to be one of the largest indoor roller coasters in the world, which means it's pretty massive as far as their investment. Um, I don't think Disney makes any of these decisions based on roller coasters. <laughs> I just, I just don't think that's the case. Like, they are working on stuff on Disneyland, and I know they're making the Guardians ride Epcot, but... Yeah, wouldn't they have filmed that stuff, like, during movies, if anything, if they actually used the same actors and stuff? They do bring guys in. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, when we first started writing at MCU Exchange, you and me, Adam, there was a day where um, Benicio Del Toro showed up at a soundstage... And everyone's like, oh, that confirms he's in Guardians 2. And it turns out he was just filming stuff for uh, the, the theme park ride. So, I think they'll bring people... I think it's safe to say Dave Batista will probably not be the star of the roller coaster, but... He's getting demoted to theme park attractions only. They're like, Dave, you can keep the job, but you're going to have to dress up as Drax and sign three months of fan appearances, signing autographs, <laughs> right next to Pluto... <laughs> Drax the Destroyer, that's the way you're going to do your penance. That is the most coveted job at the theme parks, at the Disney theme parks. Is the animals? Yeah, being dressed up like any of the characters. That doesn't it's like the... fun. Isn't that hot and sweaty and don't mosquitoes get in your costume and stuff? They're only in costume like um, half of the time. They have handlers and like they only spend about half the time out there in costume and then they spend the other time like cooling off and... And they go out there. It's. It, I mean, I'm not joking. I'm no, like, it's seriously right. like the. It's the highest paying job. It's. It's what everybody at Disney parks aspires. They treat them like freaking prima donnas. Because I once had a crying toddler who didn't get Sleeping Beauty signature. And why didn't she get Sleeping Beauty signature? Because she's apparently union and had to go on her smoke break, even though there was a crying little girl <laughs> who wanted her signature. Wow, Daddy Caleb. <laughs> You are the mean dad. Good lord. <laughs> wow. Um, that's all I've got for the mailbag. I don't know. Did you guys have anything else for like Twitter or something? Or... Yeah. Go make sure nobody's on your lawn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody was playing music really loud, and I thought, I can't record a podcast with this loud of music. And then it started raining, thank God. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, there was a woman on the train this morning. I tweeted about it that was I like trying it. to find transit cops because somebody was playing music and she couldn't read her book. And when I say train, like you guys, it's not a train. I'm talking New York City downtown Manhattan subway. And she's all upset because this man was playing music. Yeah, that doesn't seem like the good reading environment the way it is. I'm amazed how people zone out though. People put in headphones and like they act like the world's not there. It's amazing. Rhiannon, are you, uh, do you put headphones in when you go on the subway? I really don't. I try, but I don't. Like, I just... New York's probably not a place where you, like, wave to people. Is that is that assessment correct? 
I mean, if I want to, I'm going to wave at somebody. I'm going to do what I want. Because, like, when I'm driving down, like, the road in front of my house, I'll, like, have my hand on the steering wheel and give them, you know, the finger. Not not the finger, but, you know, like, the high finger. And just wave to people. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Yeah. That's kind of like an Iowa. It just doesn't, like... It's not the same up here, man. Yeah, it seemed like a... At least in, okay. That's in my neighborhood, I try to make eye contact and smile at people just because I figure it's less likely to get shot that way. You know, like, you don't want to shoot someone who's smiling at you. And... Well, unless it's creepy. I mean, is no, it's not. Creepy? It's just like, hey, how's it going? You know, but <laughs> oh, okay. a lot of people yeah. are like, "What's wrong with?" Like, they look at me like, "There's something wrong with me for smiling." And I did once run into a woman, and I was like, "Hey," and I just kind of nodded. She's like, "Well, how are you doing?" And I was like, "Whoa, you are not from here, are you?" And she's like, "No, I'm from Texas. Why? How'd you know?" And I'm like, "You're speaking to me." <laughs> No one speaks to anyone here. We just... I have a friend that thinks that it's just because it's so cold. It's so cold that there's no time for pleasantries. So we stopped being friendly because we want to get back inside before we freeze to death. I mean, I do have moments where I get on the subway and, like, I... I, Yeah, like, when it's really super crowded and, like, everybody's getting on there and it's just, like... It's hard not to make eye contact and, like... Why shouldn't we be talking to each other? And I'll just, like, try to start conversation or something. And, like, it is, like, this immediate ice cold. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we're, sorry. we're, we're not supposed to, like, uh, yeah, we're... But then every now and then I will, and the other person will be like, oh, thank you. That's nice. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh. So that's been uh, cultural differences in regional parts of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> Next week, we'll talk about pop or coke. Which word do you use? All right. Oh, you don't call it Coke, do you? Uh, Soda. soda Yeah, I call it soda. Okay. I call it soda. No one else calls it soda. I grew up calling it pop, though, so. I say soda, and I say it with a Minnesota accent, so. Ooh, that's my favorite. Oh, don't you know? We're going to get some soda. Yeah. Let's go down to the bar, and we'll get some some soda, and it'll just be lots of fun. Wow, Caleb's Minnesota accent is awful. It's Awful. I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. accurate. Oh, I, I'll I, take your word over mine. I yeah. adopted I've never that been for to Minnesota. A bit. It's just <laughs> so it's so easy. Like my experience is mostly Youpers more than uh, people from Minnesota. But. Oh yeah, yeah. Slowly, you kind of like at least I. This sounds bad, but I almost started like talking like that to like mock my friends and stuff. But then it actually became like a thing. That's I how kept I kept saying oofda, and don't you know? Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, gross. Did you watch Bobby's yeah. World? That's how I got a. It was like a cartoon. No. The uh-huh. mom in Bobby's World had a thick. She's like, oh, Bobby, come on now. You know, you just got to be careful with what you're doing out there, Bobby. <laughs> you can't just be running to the street. It's not. It's not safe, Bobby. I remember that. I mean, if you watch Fargo, that's those those accents. I love the Fargo accents. On. I still, if you listen to the pod, I'm sure you can hear words like mom and box and like there's no O. It's a complete A vowel for me. Mom, box, hockey. Like that's still my Michigan coming through. Okay. How do you say car keys? Car keys? Okay. So you don't say like cocky. He's not a mass hole. No, no, no. I'm not from Boston. (laughs) I'm a Michigander, so I didn't. I've not picked up this. Yeah, gross. Well, we've never talked about this yet. You're a Big Ten boy too. We've never kind of discussed the Michigan Iowa. I mean, Iowa's clearly the better school in everything, but 
I did miss some of that question, but I Michigan is certainly the better school in everything than I. No, no, no <laughs> way, no way. Uh, okay, but yeah. All right, let's. We're go. both Midwest guys. All right, well, we've tried to make it so Rhiannon can't watch any Iron Fist. I know. So I hope you guys had a. I'm kind of like, why don't we finish this? But it's my job to finish it. So. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Also communicate with us via our MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week, as well as the YouTube videos now, though I didn't check those this week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash MarvelNewsDesk. You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode, is, uh, which is available only to Patreon supporters, as well as early access to a lot of our videos. I think we've got a gifted video coming up here in a week or two. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk or subscribe to our YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can help the show be more visible to others if you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. The number one most important thing you do every week, however, is you listen and you tell your friends, and we're very thankful for that. Thank you to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at timvcox. Also, thank you to Alvin for our theme music. You can find him on at the Skull School at a variety of social media platforms. And that was all real time. I did not speed that up in editing whatsoever. So, hope you guys have a good week, and we'll talk to you guys later. I'm just like, 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 I'm just